Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 208 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. Five takeaways from attending America's Mart as an observer. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. So my intention for this episode is to share some takeaways. There are probably many, but I'm sharing five of my most recent trip to America's Mart in January, but not necessarily just from the perspective as a buyer, but from the perspective as an observer. And it was so different and interesting. Most of you know that in January, I passed the baton on to my sister for the retail business we co-owned for 10 years. I did it for many reasons, but one of the biggest reasons was I felt a really big pull to do more with Savvy Shopkeeper, to do more for this community, to do more with and for store owners. Needless to say, this trip was different, but goodness, I didn't feel less busy, that's for sure. I really believed that this would be a slower pace, but it wasn't. I shifted from full days of buying decisions to full days of observing, listening, spotting trends, sharing posts in Master Shopkeepers, offering support, because I gave away a market companion day in Master Shopkeepers, and I'll share more about that in a future episode, but it was a full day that I spent with one group member And we kicked it off with three hours of conversation and crunching numbers. And last but not least, I also hosted a social hour just a few blocks away from the Mart. And we had nearly 50 store owners attend and the conversations were flowing. It was fantastic. In this episode, I will share some buying strategy tips, but I'll share some interesting takeaways from the many conversations I had with store owners. I spotted several mindset patterns, and of course, I have to share. And my thoughts on a couple of these involve probably some unpopular opinions, but remember, my opinion doesn't have to be yours. You decide. If you want some true basics about attending a market or buying at market, or you're looking for some lessons on visiting America's Mart for the first time, go ahead and sign up for my free five-part series on America's Mart. Yes, it is specific to Atlanta and attending a market there, but if you plan on attending Vegas or Dallas markets for the first time, this series will actually answer some of the many common questions regardless of the market you attend. And it isn't just for first-time buyers. Even if you've been to a market at least once or twice, you might still learn some things. So we will link that in the show notes so you can grab that for free. So let's kick this episode off with probably the most fun of the five takeaways, and that was market trends. There are many trends that we spotted. It would probably take at least two full episodes to share them all, but I'll just share a few. In the Christmas category, the one trend that I spotted right away, and I don't know the name for this, but I'm calling it tree shelving or tree shelves. So showrooms were taking big objects like 
flat oversized ornaments. Like there was one in particular that I think we're gonna put the image in the podcast show notes for you to see. It was a big flat snowflake. I think it was made out of wood or they were using cutting boards and charcuterie boards and they were laying them horizontally along the branches on top of the branches and then displaying products on what I'm calling makeshift shelving. I'm not doing this justice by describing it, but we'll have a pick in the show notes because I really did like this trend. I thought it was a great idea. They're essentially creating surface space on the tree to display more. And what a great idea for stores that put Christmas trees up during the holiday season. And then you can place items for sale on them. I wonder if too, if like customers would feel more comfortable taking those items off of these like Christmas tree shelves, like I'm calling them. For the next trend, it was in the gift category, and this was groovy vibes. Now, I'll admit, I didn't see this, but it came up in conversation several times. I have to admit that I'm a home decor gal at heart, like really between the store I co-owned with my sister and my personal love of home decor and decorating my own home and DIY projects. This is what I'm drawn to, and this is what I'm used to. So the gift category has always felt a little bit like distant. (laughs) Like I would peek at it, we would order from it, but I wasn't all in on it. So that is one thing that's top of mind for me when I do start attending more markets without owning a store is I plan on digging more into the gift category because it is such a big revenue generator for so many businesses. This is going to have to be a skill I teach myself, but it was groovy vibes is what everyone kept saying. And then the last trend that I'm going to share is in apparel and it's bows. But if you ask, meaning like hair bows, ribbon bows, But if you ask one of our Master Shopkeepers members, she'll insist that bows are classic and they never go out of style. And I can't help but agree. But I do also see this trending in the apparel and maybe in some other categories too. Master Shopkeepers member, I want to mention this. If you're listening and you want a comprehensive list of everything that we shared, because I walked around during our social hour and I asked everyone who attended to share what trends they spotted at market. And then I wrote them all down in my, I think I used my notes app. I put them all in my notes app. And then I created a document or a post and I shared this in the group. So you'll find it under the featured posts at the top of our Facebook group. Or if you're listening to this maybe a month or two later, you'll most likely find this list in the lab. But because it's trending now, and it's top of mind for buying in 2024, I have it pinned in the featured posts. Okay, takeaway number two is what I'm calling showroom dynamics. And just hear me out on this subtitle, unprofessional sales reps, self-conscious store owners, or snobby buyers, question mark. Emphasis on the question mark. So don't get mad at me thinking that I'm giving everyone negative titles or descriptions. Keep listening to this one. This is a subject that comes up often, and it always has. But this time I spent five days engaging with and chatting with so many more store owners than I ever have while I was at America's Mart. So I think what happened is it just became more prevalent than ever. So store owners make statements like, 
I feel snubbed in some showrooms or I don't dress like everyone else does or I don't look like everyone else does, whatever that might mean, right? Uh, People will also say, I always feel like I'm being judged when I walk into a showroom. And then I've heard other people say, if I get ignored by showroom staff, I just walk away and I don't place an order. So are small retailers overly sensitive, are sales reps desensitized, or are fellow buyers rude? Well, if I'm honest, it can be all three. We're humans and we all know that the manual we have for ourselves, you know, maybe like the manual where we are just inherently good people and we want to be kind and warm and welcoming and open-minded, service-oriented, It isn't always the manual that other people have for themselves, their brands, and their businesses. I do plan on publishing a podcast episode on the topic of a manual because I think it's such a great um, coaching tool, but that'll be in the future. I also spent a lot of time weaving in and out of showrooms for all store types, home, gift, apparel, accessories. Whether it was this year or in years past, I always find it incredibly refreshing when I walk into a showroom and I'm greeted by someone with a smile on their face. And I have to give K&K Interiors credit for this. This is a showroom in building one. It's definitely for, for the home decor industry, furniture too. And to a new and small home decor store, This showroom can be incredibly intimidating. This is exactly what happened to me and my sister when we first started. Like, we felt like building one was off limits to us, if I'm completely honest. That was where our mindset was. We were so new and so, so clueless to this whole buying process and these buildings. And we definitely felt intimidated. But you know... When I walk, when we first walked into K&K Interior Showroom and who seems to always be there every year, I've seen them every every year and they're greeting the buyers in the most friendly way are the two founders and co-owners. It costs you nothing to be kind and these guys do it so well. I love that they're always front and center. I mean, it happened again this year. I walked up and immediately one of the co-owners had a huge smile on his face and said, so good to see you. Thanks for being here. Let us know how we can help. Versus a showroom where you're ignored, staff members have a grimace on their face, or you ask a simple question and you can sense like how annoyed they are by you. Better yet, what about the let me look you up and down first approach or let me look at your name badge first? I remember I would get so incredibly annoyed at this. My immediate thought was that they wanted to see what store I was buying with before they determined if I was good enough or big enough to serve. So trust me, I know I had many thoughts at market myself, but listen, (laughs) whenever I say listen, I always think of the video on social media where um, it's a little boy saying, listen, Linda, (laughs) anyhow, listen, market is a big place with thousands and thousands of people and thousands and thousands of personalities and styles. And all of these people flood three massive buildings in a short period of time. I mean, if I remember right, it's like 
I don't know, I might be throwing out a random number here, but it's millions of square footage in these three buildings and tens of thousands of people, I imagine. I guess what I'm saying is that compassion for yourself and others can go a long way. If you feel inferior about what you're wearing or what you're not wearing, this actually comes from your own thinking. Yes, you can decide if you don't like the way someone treats you in a showroom and sometimes even the business owners themselves the way they treat you. But I would say this, just consider, are you shooting yourself in the foot? If it's a product your customers will love, are you hurting your business by not bringing that product in? Maybe not, but people do have bad days or moments and we're certainly all different. Plus marketing is exhausting for all of us. All this to say the emotion that comes from the overall market experience can hold you and your business back. It can keep you from enjoying the experience and from placing orders because I've heard this now over and over again. And this doesn't exclude those instances where you definitely were treated poorly and it was a situation where you're like, or or it's a brand that your values don't align. Absolutely. I completely understand that. And I'm all for it. If there is a brand, a business, an owner that just does something that's so insulting or hurtful that you decide that you don't want to order from them, I get it. Let's just step back a little bit. I'm referring to maybe the instances where you're thinking something. No one exactly has done anything, but that thinking is holding you back. The mental drama is holding you back. So in these instances, what serves us the most is actually learning how to manage our minds during these times, during market week. Takeaway number three, what I'm calling breakaway brands. This is going to be a touchy subject too. You might be wondering what I mean by breakaway brand, and I'm having a hard time saying it, breakaway brand. Yes, this is another term I've made up. In this, when I say this, I'm referring to the small brands that become really big and break away from serving only small retailers. They grow so much that they grow into big box stores and mainstream selling. This is scaling, and some of you don't like it. Personally, for me, I never want to hold another small business down. However, not everyone agrees with me, but you know what? you decide. And as I researched on this topic, I found a really interesting article by Sales Factory. We will link it in the show notes. And to quote part of the article, it said, making it onto the shelves of a major retailer is an absolute game changer for small businesses, but with great volume comes great responsibility. The article then offered some advice to these, what I'm calling breakaway brands. It said, if you want to mitigate the resentment these businesses may feel as you step into big box, it's a good idea to offer different SKUs to small retailers and major retail chains, preventing large and small businesses from competing directly on price can preserve your relationship with both. And honestly, I thought that was such great advice those brands would be able to serve the small retailer and the big retailers. When indie retailers get upset with these brands, it sounds like a sometimes it sounds like a bit 
of a, a sense of entitlement. We don't like it when our customers do this, when they feel they're entitled to something from us. So remember that that particular brand really doesn't owe you anything. Also, as a brand yourself, don't rest on your laurels. Keep your brand interesting. And that means really becoming um, an incredible buyer. It means you're continuously sourcing, you're finding new and interesting products, you're willing to pivot, you're willing to get creative, do all of those things. But I thought this was an interesting one because the topic has been coming up a bit more about one brand in particular, which I won't name, but people were upset that they are going to start selling at Target. And again, just consider the whole picture here, everything that I just shared. And it's also a message to those brands, too, of like, what can they do to continue to nurture and build relationships with the indie retailers? All right. Takeaway number four is large minimum order value. Another interesting one. Retailers get upset when vendors don't provide protection and or grow again into big box stores and then they saturate the market. On the flip of that, some retailers also get upset when a vendor or a brand requires a large minimum initial order. But really, if you think about it, if you step back, this is one way a vendor can provide phenomenal service. They can filter through retailers who may not take their brand or selling their products as seriously or in the way that they'd like them to. So keep this in mind. You may feel excluded by a large initial order in, in terms of the amount. Like some of these brands require five, dollars $10,000 investment. But ask yourself, why you feel excluded. Like, are you afraid to make an investment maybe in yourself and your business? Or does it trigger feelings because you feel lesser than? And if so, this all again comes from your thinking and not necessarily the brand's policies. I'm going to say that one more time because it can be a mic drop moment for some of you. This comes from your thinking and not always necessarily the brand's policies. All right, takeaway number five is buying strategy. And this is last, but definitely not least. The pressure we put on ourselves to feel like we have to buy like everyone else at market is heavy. For example, you might work with sales reps who constantly recommend or make you feel like you need or have to order something, but you have a hard time saying no. Or you're buying big quantities because everyone else around you is ordering or you force yourself to actually place an order in the showroom because maybe you feel pressure from a sales rep and really sometimes we're just putting the pressure on ourselves or maybe you just feel like time is gonna get away from you, whatever it might be, rather than pausing to determine, is it better for you to step away to let your brain process it all? You don't have to do that to yourself, meaning you don't have to put any kind of requirements or expectations on yourself when it comes to buying at markets. I have been working with one-on-one clients on this particular subject, so I feel like it is top of mind for me. But when it comes to buying, there is no best way, right way, or wrong way. You actually have way more control over this than you think you do. Now, it's definitely time to wrap this one up. You see, most of what I observed was mindset. I shouldn't be surprised. I want to add that none of what I covered in today's episode is meant to be judgmental. 
Clearly, I share some of my own struggles in the past with this. I had to learn how to manage my mind at market, and I did, and every year it got better. This episode is meant to give you food for thought. If you leave any market feeling annoyed, lesser than, or unworthy, you have the ability to turn this around with your own thinking. And this is something I want to say again, because I think it is important. And if you're multitasking, you're thinking, well, Kathy's wrapping this up anyway. I'm done listening to her. I just want to say it one more time. If you leave any market, Vegas market, Dallas market, New York now, shop object, America smart, there's so many. If you feel, if you leave any market feeling annoyed, lesser than or unworthy, you have the ability to turn this around with your own thinking. If you found this podcast episode helpful, please share it with a retail business friend. I'm sure there are thousands and thousands of indie retailers who could benefit from listening to this podcast episode, especially if they go to market. If you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, you can visit my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 208. And I did reference at least one article that I can think of and the America's Mart series, the free America's Mart series. So let me say that one more time. SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 208. Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up.